0: This
1: is Joe Cole. This is Ruben off the cheek, and you're listening to the London London Blue Blue podcast. Podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode, a Chelsea youth update special. Uh, Look, normally we do this on Patreon, um, but we had a gap in the feed, so we thought we'd push out to everyone. So this is just a quick reminder. There's a lot of content actually on Patreon happening right now. Jesse and Joe and and Phil here, all doing additional content that, as you know, we don't have room on the feed for because we're at five, six, seven pod weeks at this point. And and all of our spillover content goes to Patreon. So if you want to at least see what's going on, check it out uh, over at at Patreon um, and, and see it. But this is what is typically there every single week. Phil and I sit down, we talk about an academy update. Uh, how the team's performed in the last week and what we have looking ahead.
0: So that is exactly what we're going to be doing today, Phil. Isn't that right? It is. There's a lot going on in the Chelsea world right now. And uh, some of the time it's just nice to be able to focus on the football, which is what we do in these little updates every week. Uh, we've got a couple of games with the academy over the last seven days to to reflect on. And every game really does matter at this time of the season. We're getting into the, the stretch run to the finish line. And there were a couple of good results last weekend in particular. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. And again, since there's a lot of people that maybe, um, you know, haven't been paying attention to all these. Uh, We always cover the Dev Squad and the 18s. We used to cover the U21s that is specific to the UEFA uh, Youth Champions League, but they got dumped out, unfortunately. So we're focusing on these two teams. And the Dev Squad, as it stands right now, right, uh, they're in a, a bit of a relegation battle. Uh, on their, they are indeed. On, yeah, on their group. So they are, are down in 13th out of 14th. Uh, but we have a couple games in hand depending on the team. And just just played fellow
0: relegation-threatened uh, friends leads recently. Yeah, that was at Stamford Bridge last Sunday. And there, there was a really important 1-0 win for Chelsea, which was the first win since the first week of January. So it's been well overdue. Uh, And what that means is that they are now within two points of not just Leeds, but Blackburn Rovers above them. Blackburn were the only team around them to win last weekend um, in that round of matches, but they were playing Derby County who were marooned to the bottom of the league. So that was sort of expected, but Chelsea have played 20. And have 21 points Blackburn have played 21 have 23 Leeds have played 22 and have 23 so now Chelsea have two games in hand on Leeds um, a game in hand on Blackburn and they do have to play Blackburn so the reason it was important to beat Leeds is that this keeps it in their hands now they haven't got a favourable run between now and the end of the season it's a really challenging fixture list so this was a non-negotiable you have to win uh, and they did it they they scored uh, early in the game, Tianavalo scored any second in as many games. And really they held Leeds at arm's length after that. Leeds had one or two chances, but Chelsea had the better of the game and they were deserved winners.
1: Yeah. And again, unique experience playing at Stanford Bridge, albeit you know, pretty much empty, uh, based on the uh <laughs> the, the situation going on at the club. Um but yeah again, you know, if, if Chelsea take four points out of the two games that they have in hand against teams like Leeds and Everton and Brighton, you know, they go up to 25 points. Like you said, that'll put them in 11th place. Uh, and, and you know, a couple more points and they're like almost to the middle of the table. It is very, very tight at the bottom, especially with matches in hand and things like that. But I mean, right now there's only six points between us and Brighton uh, who are in ninth. So like I said, it's it's um, it's a little bit tight, but maybe a good reminder. How many matches is this team gonna play? So they've got twenty in the bank. What's the uh, the total season
0: look like? There's fourteen teams, so you play twenty six games, thirteen games, uh, thirty uh, home and away against each of the other thirteen teams. So they've got six left. Only one of those is at home. It's a rescheduled game against mid table Tottenham, and there isn't a, currently a date for that. Um, The rest of their fixtures are all on the road. Three successive as it stands. Trips to the Northwest, Manchester United. sorry, Not Liverpool, Manchester United, Everton. I think it's in that order. Liverpool's definitely the next game. And they finish away to Blackburn and away to Brighton. So we know that Blackburn, Everton and Brighton are all within reach. But it's going to be a real test of their resolve and their character to have to go away from home so often during this run-in. Um, and the way the fixtures are, they're so spread out. You can't, for example, spend an extended camp up in the, the Northwest region. You have to do that trip multiple times. This isn't a team that would ordinarily fly on those trips anyway. The, those luxuries aren't extended to the academy unless it's an overseas game. So it's a long coach journey each time. But this is what professional football is about sometimes. You, these, these are the testing circumstances they're going to have to go through. The players are learning from it. We want them to stay in Division One because it's the the cream of the crop as far as category one football is concerned. You're playing against the best that the country has to offer, um, but there's there's no getting away from it. It's, it's going to be a really really hard run in. Um, again, the home game against Tottenham at Kings Meadow, you have to win that, and then if you can take points off the teams around you, if if even if it's just a draw to stop them pulling away from you, it is it, it it's that time of the year where every single point matters. It
1: absolutely does. It is pretty crazy. Um, and and along with this team, and obviously we'll cover on the the 18s as well, but it is international break for them as well. Kind of as we talked about at the end of last episode, that was, you know, Leeds was it and then there was going to be a break. But um, I feel like international breaks are like one of your favorite times, Phil, because you can just rattle off the, the long Dean's list of international uh, appearances that we have at Cobham. Because again, it's not... It's mainly English, but it's by no means exclusively an
0: English academy. Absolutely not. They obviously have uh, a strong representation in the England age groups. Every age group from the senior down to under 16 this time uh, has had at least one Chelsea call-up, including somebody like uh, Xavier Simons, who is back in the fold after a year out. where He spent most of that year injured, but he's gone to the under-19s now, which is um, deserved for a really fine season in which he made his first team debut, let's not forget, um, away to Brentford. Uh, there's other players who are off from from different age groups uh, Lucas Bergstrom's with the Finland Under-21s Jimmy Tariana's with the Finland Under-18s uh, Brian Fiabema, who's now away on loan for the rest of the calendar year at Rosenborg, he's with Norway, so the players get around and the ones that are left at Cobham will typically join in with the first team squad who aren't away on internationals, that's Marcos Alonso, for example. Uh, they, they pull those groups of players together and you just have that one team training. Uh, Tuchel may take it, Tuchel may have time off, and so one of his assistants may take it, one of the academy coaches may take a session. It's It's an opportunity to... To bring everyone together and to try a few new things out which has helped coaches in the past I, I remember uh, Frank Lampard telling a story that Joe Edwards took a session years ago over an international break and Lampard remembered it that Joe had put on a good session that he found challenging engaging, exciting and of course they're now working together at Everton, they work together at Chelsea and it's it seems inconsequential at the time but things stick in people's heads
1: yeah no absolutely that's good to hear i mean especially because it you know it exposes those young players to full senior pros uh the the first team staff and things like that so you know i'm sure they look at it as like just a big opportunity for them to um you know continue to show uh the quality that they have and and be stretched professionally because they all know it's a big jump from even the dev squad to to the full men's senior team yeah Um, for sure yeah. So again, so we've got a little bit of time, right? Until April 3rd, uh, that'll be when the, the Academy back, like you said, away at Liverpool, um, who it's always funny, you know, like when you look at this, it's a table, uh, for the dev squad like oh weird Manchester City at the top it seems to be something that they uh, now have a stranglehold on across all the levels but then it's West Ham Arsenal United you know we're playing Liverpool who's in seventh uh, out of 14 teams so uh, by no means are they an absolute powerhouse at this at this level per se but you know they're on 30 points we're on 21 still a bit of a gap
0: yeah and it's not going to be a great time to be playing Liverpool because Uh, They've only lost one of their last eight. They've come into some good form recently. They won 4-1 at Arsenal. They beat Tottenham 7-1. They've got a draw away to Manchester City. Uh, The first half of the season, they struggled. But you might remember that they they lost 4-3 to Chelsea at Kings Meadow back in September. Chelsea came back from 3-1 down to to win in the last minute with a a Lewis Hall goal um, before Lewis himself made his first team debut later in the season. The Liverpool team is beatable. Uh, I don't think that they are a class apart from Chelsea. Uh, many of their players um, were knocked out of the UEFA Youth League by Juventus, the team that Chelsea lost to home and away in the group stage of the competition. So I think it, it's going to be fine margins. It depends what sort of team uh, squad each team has available for that one. Liverpool have the advantage because it's at home. But again, it's the first match back after an international break. If if players are in form coming back or if they're short of... Um, sharpness if they've been away and not played for example and only trained. That's another dynamic to put into it. You have to take advantage in every way you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I if you can go back to the Chelsea FC website and watch that four three match. What were they up? Three nothing? It was three one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That second half comeback, it was pouring rain. It was unbelievable. But the heart and the character that grew within this team as is it got on later in the match, you just you just knew it was coming.
0: Yeah it that momentum w- was coming. It, you, you get—they did it in the Youth Cup to Liverpool uh, back in January as well, away at Liverpool at the same venue. I think this game's gonna be played at Liverpool's training grounds. So these players have beaten Liverpool four-three twice this season. Uh, coming from behind 3-0 and 3-1 down in both circumstances. So they've got the belief and they've they've proven that they can do it already. You just have to go out and do it again. And it's, it's, it's good to be going into it on the back of a win. Uh, the boys certainly played well against Leeds. They they look confident. They look sharp. ballow has been a really good addition to the squad since coming back from Rapid Vienna, as we uh, talked about in January. Uh, because... Nominally, he'll play as a number 10 or one of the two tens, depending on what formation they're playing. But then he'll he'll drop back into central midfield, which is something he does really well. He's a smart player. And then that allows an exchange between a deeper midfielder moving up. And he comes deeper. And Dion Rankin's coming into some really good form on the right wing. He terrorized Leeds. Uh, he's been productive. He was really good against West Ham the week before. So if you can start to get a little bit more of a contribution on a consistent basis from the likes of Harvey Vale, who has outstanding talent as we know but it's not easy for somebody who trains with the first team on a daily basis to then drop down and play for the 23s and still retain that cohesion with the team uh you 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 look to him to, to make that impact you look to jay Wareham to make an impact he's been getting a run of games up front he works his socks off every single time that's why he ends up getting substituted before 90 because he's run his race and you bring on another striker they've they've got options they've got talent they've got the win and now you have to go out and, and fight for everything. Yeah, it is going to be
1: tight. Like I said, a bit of a relegation battle. Uh, you know, can't sugarcoat that. So uh, hopefully see the driving spirit of them, you know, post-international break. Uh, we're going to take our break, the ad break. When we get back up, we're going to jump over to the U18. So thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. Be right back. All right, so on the flip side, Phil, uh, the 18s are doing quite a bit better than the dev squad. Uh, they are in fourth currently, but again, uh, have a couple matches in hand on West Hammer in second. Uh, they're 39 points, 44 points at the top of the table, so very much within striking distance even at this point. Uh, but for those of you who don't remember, we had talked about the fact that the 18s are going to be taking on Norwich. Norwich are currently dead bottom. I mean, Premier League-esque dead bottom of this table. Their 18s are falling in suit. You know, Phil, we're talking, they have one win, negative 45 goal difference. We're like, hey, this is important. We need Chelsea to go out and pummel them, maybe drive the goal difference because, you know, we're we're lacking, we're at 25 and the leaders are at 33. And then you're like, great, Chelsea scored three, love it. But then you find out that Norwich scored two and we had to actually technically come back uh, from being down, so... Uh, I might have overhyped this one a little bit, or did I underhype it because of the excitement that we ended up getting?
0: I I remember saying a lot to you last week that this was a non-negotiable must-win, and for a long time it looked like that wasn't going to happen. This was not a a good performance by the under-18s. They went 1-0 down early, uh, a really nicely taken goal, and they equalized through a really nicely taken goal that was mostly... um, aided by Jude Simpson Bell who was playing for the 18s because he's been out for a while with uh, with an injury and there were two games of the weekend if Jay Wareham's going to start in the dev squad game then you give Jude the the 18s game to get him up to fitness rather than leaving on the bench and only playing 10 15 for the dev squad for example uh, a lovely solo weaving run to, to set up Zane Zilcott Dubry. And then Norwich scored again. And then they held that lead until about 15 minutes from time. And Chelsea had all the pressure in the second half. They didn't have the quality to go with it for the most part. They they really only forced Norwich's goalie into one or two decent saves. But then uh, Billy G scored his first goal of the season. It was a rebound from a corner. And then Jude showed his quality with a really, really nice finish two minutes from time. Um on a nice counter-attack goal, Josh Tobin started it from the back with a a Diag from centre-half out to the right wing. Louis Flower, who'd come on as a makeshift right wing back, but essentially a right winger because there wasn't a lot of defending to do at the time. He produced the cutback and Jude steered it into the far corner. Lovely goal. Uh, it, was a, it was a real let-off, though, because Norwich were were threatening. They were probably good value for a point. They, they caused a lot of problems in the first half that Chelsea, to their credit, adjusted to in the second. But at the end of the day, the win is the most important thing, particularly because Southampton played West Ham at the same time. They took points off each other. It was a goalless draw. Uh, Crystal Palace kept winning. So Chelsea are seven points off the top with two games in hand and they still have to play West Ham and they still have to play Southampton twice and they still have to play Crystal Palace. So again, like we were saying with the Dens, what it is in their hands, it's not particularly easy. It's a challenging run and you have the youth cut run going on at the same time. But at least they are in the conversation. At least they are in with a, a strong mathematical chance of competing for this title but the the quality of performance is going to have to step up a little bit because it's been inconsistent patchy since christmas in particular
1: yeah um that's a long time ago obviously some different things going on there but you know when you when you play the bottom team you know sometimes you you kind of drop your levels right and sometimes you you expect that they're just going to roll over but like credit to norwich like they came out fighting you know they have a lot to play for um you know because every 18 is looking to get into the dev squad and the first team and loans and things like that especially as we know we're uh you know in the the end of march and uh you know kind of teams are already starting to kind of figure out what they want to do with their rosters as far as shaping and depth charts and things like that so um you know the the boys need to figure
0: it out but three two yeah and and i mean to to their credit this was the third game in seven days for many of them and like we said earlier with the Devsport this is a challenge you'll have to face at the senior level but when you're 15, 16, 17 as many of these players are it is a challenge to, to play so regularly with the high stakes uh, two of those games were away from home so you've gone all the way to Stoke and produced an emphatic five on win then you come back and you've played in a really tough Match in torrential rain at Reading. And then you've got to go again against Norwich. And like you say, you might think you can half turn up and still win comfortably. And then suddenly you're in a game again. Norwich are two-one up and you're fighting for the right to stay in the title race. So credit to them. They got the result. The performances have been there earlier in the season. They've they've played really well at times. A little bit less so recently but again you've got the international break a bunch of these boys were away and then you come back and business picks up they're away to birmingham in the league two days before they go to nottingham forest in the youth cup semi-finals and then they've got three games in 10 days again they've got leicester southampton and tottenham and then the last three games as it stands are against the three teams above them west ham away palace home southampton away that's going to decide it all
1: yeah it's so funny how that you know just happened to shake out that way. Uh, but, yeah, just a good reminder leading up to Norwich, you know, it was Stoke on the 12th uh, away, Reading away at the 16th, and then home on the 19th. So quite literally, right, three matches in seven days. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, and look, this is big team mentality, right? Cup competitions are what they're in, and that's what they're having to juggle. So uh, Birmingham City u uh, 18s coming up. Uh, Away as well on the second of April. So again, that everyone's kind of kicking off that first week into April. Um, You know, for everyone out there, Birmingham. uh, You know, second from the bottom, right? So I guess. Uh, without me saying something silly like last time, Phil, let's just call this another non-negotiable.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, if you know that you've got big games coming up against teams that you're fighting for the title against, then these games have to be won. This is Birmingham's first season playing Category 1 football. They came up last summer. They've they've found it challenging, undeniably. Uh, the reverse fixture at Cobham back in September. Chelsea won 3-0, but that game... Wasn't exactly a 3-0. Birmingham played better than the scoreline looked, and it was too late Malik Mothersill goals that added gloss to the uh, scoreline. It depends what sort of team Birmingham want to put out. Like a lot of teams, they've been transitioning to next year's scholars already. Uh, Back in September, they played Joe Bellingham, who's Jude's younger brother, who's being fast-tracked in the same sort of way he's playing most of his season with the 23s, despite being uh, a schoolboy by age group as an under-16. I think he's been on the first-team bench as well. so. uh, Again, that game for Chelsea is two days before the Youth Cup semi-final of Forest, which is going to be the priority. Everyone's going to play in that. So Chelsea in turn may play a slightly younger team, certainly a more rotated team away to Birmingham. In other times, they may have sought to reschedule that game, but such is the intensity of the fixture list. And they've got the under-18 League Cup final against Fulham to fit in there as well, that they don't want to cancel any more games and rearrange them. So... You, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You move the game, it's harder at another point. But if you keep the game here, you have to rotate and maybe play some of the under-16s. Uh, there's the challenge. Can they keep it going? This always happens at this time of year, particularly when Chelsea are fighting on multiple fronts. It becomes a squad game. You, you look at the Youth Cup teams, and those are the ones that are celebrated over the years. But that success, uh, when Chelsea were winning five Youth Cups in a row, and league title after league title after league tile, that success is built from the bottom of the roster, the bottom of the squad, the players who are playing in the the matches that people don't tend to see. Um, everyone contributes to the the team's success, and that's going to have to be the case this season, whether they want to win one trophy, two trophies, or three.
1: Yeah, I'll take three. Uh, Alex, thank you very much. Um, what uh, what um, do you think it's going to stay or move? Because I know it's only a couple of days after.
0: Uh, it's not going to move at this point uh, unless there's weather or other circumstances. They've, okay. they've kept this game in the schedule. So they play two times in three days, but they'll, I can't imagine anybody will play in both games. Somebody may play as a sub in one and start the next or vice versa, but um, they've they've got enough depth, including schoolboys, to be able to do that. And like you say, if Birmingham are at the bottom end of the league and doing a similar thing, playing some of next year's scholars uh, a few months early, and Chelsea would would like to think that their equivalents are good enough to take that challenge on.
1: All right. Well, obviously, plenty coming up. But uh, yeah, I think this is also you know good fun reminder. The three competitions is that this team are still competing for. Obviously, the uh, the the league title, uh, the FA Youth Cup, and the third
0: one being the Under eighteen League Cup, which is only played between the the. 24 of the 28 category one clubs, it might be all 28, I can't remember offhand, but they're in the final against Fulham, Fulham beat Leicester in the semi-final, Chelsea beat Stoke as we've discussed. Uh, The date and the venue for that is yet to be announced and with the fiasco going on with ticketing availability right now, uh, is anyone's guess as to where local fans may be able to watch the game? For example, if Chelsea were to host it, it would likely be at King's Meadow, possibly at Cobham. If Fulham were to host it, it would probably be at Graven Cottage. And under the current circumstances and restrictions, it would probably be better if it wasn't Fulham because then Chelsea fans would be in a position to attend. Whereas the updated license doesn't make provisions for the club to sell tickets to academy games as far as I'm aware, but it's, it's negligible anyway because um that's one of the, the only other game that they do have left at home is that rearranged tottenham game everything else from now on is away from home and all of the under 18 league games are at Cobham.
1: any update on that for the academy obviously we got the revised ticket rules which are just more confusing actually than than the opposite um i mean you get these you know officials that spend time putting together a solution then they roll it out and you're like wait what and it kind of seems like The men's first team got solved, but there's no information or little on the youth or women's matches. Is
0: that how you're understanding it? Uh, The women's team are allowed to sell tickets now, I believe. I believe that the reason for that is that, um, particularly for away fans, there is no home and away sales for tickets in the WSL. You have to buy through the home team. So if they're allowing away fans to buy tickets for men's games, then they have to allow the women's team to sell. The academy is, like I say, is an edge case because they only have one, possibly two home games left this season that public would ordinarily be able to attend. In terms of the other restrictions, that it's it's anyone's guess as to what's going on at any given time. The first change to the license allowed them to uh continue with payments to families for expenses for travel expenses and whatnot and for the families that players board with locally um, from the age of 14 upwards Um, the expenses are allowed to continue to be paid to those families otherwise it's pretty much business as usual uh except everything's in a holding pattern until the takeover happens in terms of contracts and scholarships and renewals and all of those They'll be saying that we're not going to change anything because the takeover could go through before anything, a decision has to be made. So really it's just focus on what's going on on the pitch and there is plenty going on, on the pitch right now.
1: Any concerns that lack of contract movement might
0: scare some people and they might decide to jump ship? That's always a concern because it's a concern in every summer when normal times are here. Players will leave. We saw what happened last summer at the academy. Um, it, it could happen, it could not. I know that there was speculation that... that Leo Cardoso, who signed from West Brom just before the sanctions were hit, whether that move actually went through or not. Um, he made his first appearance in a blue shirt this lunchtime for, um, against Derby's under-15s and scored um, a very nice solo goal. So we could take it as read that that move has been completed. Everything else is wait and see.
1: Okay. All right. Well, obviously, as we caveat every episode with Matt, Naz, and you know anything related to the ownership stuff is like, Uh, it's accurate as of this time on the 24th of March, but you know, by the time you listen to this, it might not be. Absolutely. Uh, just giving everyone a a caveat and a heads up there. So, all right. Well, Hey, Phil, AKA at Chelsea, thank you so much for the time and breaking everything Academy down, obviously a big time source on this and we really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. All right. Well, as always, like I said, a ton more of content like this with Phil, Jesse, Uh, Joe and many more all all over on Patreon. So hope you enjoyed this one. Obviously, we are still going to do our big monthly Academy updates on the pod feed, but a lot of extra content over on our Patreon page. So and that's going to wrap us up. I guess we're good. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.